Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Yes, we will, friends. And I am grateful for you, uh, committed to that cause. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, national director of Priests for Life and a host of Praying for America, where we come together every night and we pray for this nation because we need it and we are angry. We are angry at this third uh, distortion of justice by a fake indictment of President Trump based on a twisting of the law, really based on creative writing. I mean, these Democrats and Jack Smith, you know, they they really can't do anything right. Um, But creative writing you know where you, you try to but you know instill the the uh, and 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 grow the imagination of 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 students to really put you know as much as much creativity into what they're writing as possible these guys have it they know how to invent things boy do they know how to invent things they must be all sharing in that cocaine that was left in the Biden White House, because you have got to be literally high in order to read into the Constitution or the laws of the United States, the garbage that these people keep asserting about President Trump. We're going to go into some of that. This third indictment is based on just as much garbage as the uh, as the first two. There'll be a fourth one coming out of Atlanta. Do not at all be surprised. In fact, the reading that we're going to start with here tonight from um, the letter of Paul to the Philippians uh, sets the right tone here. We've got to be angry. We have got to be active in bringing back our country. We have got to be informing our fellow citizens and helping them to see through all this garbage that is happening. But at the same time, uh, brothers and sisters, we have to have within ourselves the peace and the joy that come from the Lord and that no one can take away from us. So let's see the exhortation here that Paul gives to the Philippians. And I'm just going to share some thoughts with you about this ridiculous indictment. All right, Paul to the Philippians, chapter 4, starting with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Lord God, we come before you today deeply concerned about America, deeply concerned about what the Democrat Party is doing, turning our justice system 
into a banana republic, communist tool of oppression and, and persecution of its political enemies. Lord God, this is a dark moment. This is a concerning moment for how these people are behaving. And furthermore, we have at the very same time, Lord God, we see breaking with this Biden corruption family what has the potential of being the biggest political scandal in all of American history. This is what we are seeing right now. The biggest weaponization of government in American history and the biggest political scandal in American history that that weaponization is trying to cover up. Lord, we bring these concerns before you tonight as believers. As believers in you, believers in your kingdom, believers in truth and justice and life, believers in America and in the ideals on which she was founded. Bless us as we move forward here. May we sound the alarm to our fellow citizens. May we recruit and mobilize voters to take this nation back in these upcoming elections. And may we persevere to victory, a victory, Lord God, that we are determined to win and that we know you are ready to give us. Because it is your gift. It is our battle. And yet the battle is the Lord's, your word tells us. So we must do our work and we must trust that you will do yours. We renew that trust tonight. In the name of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. All right. So you've heard the news yesterday afternoon, this third indictment. As expected, we talked about it here, that it would be coming this uh, indictment out of Jack Smith, a disgraceful human being uh, in Washington, D.C. Grand juries, we've told you about this already. We had an entire program on the fact that grand juries, by definition, are a one-sided process. We're not saying one-sided as a judgment on the bias of anybody. We're saying one-sided as a description of how the process works. A grand jury doesn't hear defense testimony. It's just the prosecutor and the, and the, and the jurors and they're putting forth the evidence why they have reason to think that a person committed a crime. It's not an adversarial back and forth. The, the, the evidence that they present doesn't get contradicted at all. You don't hear the other side. The grand jurors don't hear the other side. They don't hear the defense attorney. They don't hear from the person who's being accused. They don't hear the other side. That's why the vast majority of the time, I mean, with few exceptions, they, they result in indictments because an indictment is not a guilty verdict. It can't be a guilty verdict if you haven't heard both sides. So keep that in mind first. Tell all your, 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 your circle of influence about that because a lot of people don't realize that. They hear indictment, they think guilt. And this, of course, is what the other side is, is banking on, that people will be ignorant of the process and, and therefore they're just trying to harm the reputation of the person who is their leading political opponent. That's point number one to keep in mind. We've talked about that already. But in this indictment, what does it say? What does it say? This has to do with the January 6th uh, uh, and the things led, that led up to it. It has to do with President Trump's and, 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 and also tens of millions of Americans' objections and concerns and questions about the 2020 election. Is it not okay in America to raise these questions anymore? But that's what this was, this was about. And they're trying to turn this into a crime. They're trying to turn protected First Amendment activities of speech and assembly into a crime. There was no crime committed here. But here's what uh, the counts are, four counts. Conspiracy to defraud the U.S., conspiracy to 
obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. Now, you see in this document and you hear in the fake news media, enemy of the people, all kinds of talk, explicit and implicit, about, well, President Trump, you know, he incited a riot. He was the cause of violence. Well, where is it then? Where, 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 where's the charge? Did you hear the did you did you hear the word violence in these charges here that these four counts that I just read? It isn't there. These people know that they cannot prove in a trial that President Trump incited violence. That's why it's not one of the counts. Oh, but they'll say it anyway. They'll say it anyway. This is just about tarring a political opponent. Don't talk about the idea that he incited violence if you're not willing to go so far as to make it a count on the indictment. Now, President Trump was in office when he did the things they are alleging that he did. The time frame of this covers only when he is still president of the United States. What does the Constitution provide for a president who commits a crime? Presuming in their imagination that he had committed a crime, that is, it is their imagination. What does the Constitution provide as a remedy? Friends, it provides only one thing. If a president commits a crime, you can't indict a sitting president. It, it provides for one remedy. And you know what that is. Impeachment. He's no longer the president of the United States. So what are they doing? What are they doing? It's been recommended, actually, that uh, the Trump attorneys uh, call for dismissal of this, of this whole case based simply on that that he's no longer the president of the United States. Okay. The federal prosecutors are saying, point number three, that Trump was, quote, determined to remain in power. Well, could you please explain something to me? Why did he leave the White House? Did he get dragged out of the White House? Did they have to send police or military in to carry him out of the White House when his term expired? Did they or did they not? If he was determined to remain in power, well, then why did he leave? This is so stupid. We've never had a president who better defended the Constitution than President Trump. You're going to try to say he was determined to remain in power no matter what? Friends, the facts simply contradict this figment of the Democrats' imagination, this figment of the prosecutor's sick imagination. Now, main point, we've said it before, we'll say it again, 
And I'm going to show you some video here about what the Democrats do on this point. It is perfectly within the right of every American to contest and protest the results of an election. It's part of what it means to be an American, that we have the freedom to think for ourselves, to evaluate the facts and the circumstances, to come to conclusions, and then to voice those conclusions, to come to, to certain beliefs and convictions, and then to express them. Freedom of speech, freedom of expression. We can even come together and make known to the government our grievances, freedom of assembly. That's what President Trump and his supporters did on January 6th. There were lots of people out there. Some will say 100,000. Some will say a whole lot more than that. And meanwhile, you had less than 100 people who were actually doing something wrong. It's not, it's not right to obstruct a proceeding or to do violence against property, do violence in the, against the Capitol. These were unarmed people, by the way. These were unarmed people. They didn't go in and kill anybody. And President Trump was, he offered a couple of days before January 6th to protect the Capitol. It was the Democrat mayor of Washington and the Democrats who controlled Congress who refused his offer of help. So they have to answer for that. I'd love to know what they were thinking. But there's no, there's no rebellion here. There's no insurrection here. Unless we're going to start criminalizing thought and speech, which, of course, we know that's what the left and that's what today's Marxist Democrat Party exactly does. It is not a crime of any, of any sort to stand up and say, hey, you know what? I, I think there's something wrong with the way this election was conducted. I think there's something wrong with the outcome. You have a right to do that. As a matter of fact, the Electoral Count Act provides for objections to elections, and the Democrats have used it multiple times. I'm going to show you some examples. Not only have they used the Electoral Count Act, where on the day that these votes are these votes of the Electoral College brought from the various states are presented to and tabulated by the United States Congress. And that's the place where, according to the Electoral Count Act, the results of an election are determined, the election for president, the, 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 and the results can be disputed. Congress is there to take care of it. That's part of their job. So how can it be a crime? to utilize the provisions of this law to contest, if you so believe, the particular results of an election. The Democrats contested in 2000 the, the vote from Florida, the election of George W. Bush. The Democrats contested the votes out of Ohio in his re-election. The Democrats loudly protested the election of President Trump in 2016. And now I want to show you a clip. The RNC put together, released just today, a clip. It's actually 24 minutes long. I'm only going to play about two minutes of it. That shows you the Democrats doing the very thing that they now are complaining that President Trump did and calling it a crime. They objected to the results 
of the election. Let's let's play a, a little bit of this clip. Best campaign. You can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. How can you win with Russian interference? That's the real thing. No, but, but right way. Because right. I think you was a legitimate president and didn't really win. So how do you how do you manage it? You are absolutely right. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. But you've been my vice president. <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump had actually won the election in 2016. He lost the election. And he was put in office because of the Russian interference. Russia interfered with our election, attacked our democracy for the sole purpose of artificially placing someone at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, they were successful. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president of elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see it as president-elect as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do, and we have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. The one thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. I have an objection. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. I object because people are horrified. He's an illegitimate president. Our election was hijacked. There was no question. Congress has a duty to hashtag protect our democracy and hashtag follow the facts. John Lewis is completely right. There is a cloud of illegitimacy around the election of Donald Trump. The Russians interfered with his election. James Comey and the FBI interfered with his election. The fake news industry interfered with his election. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign Do you believe Trump is illegitimate president? What I believe is that there's no question that the outcome of this election was affected by the Russian interference. But there actually is a cloud of illegitimacy. So that legitimacy is a question. Yes, that was a great. So friends, they're going to behave that way. They're going to express their views about these elections. They're going to object. You saw a little bit of that formal objections in Congress. Again, the Electoral Count Act provides for that. And then they're going to complain when Donald Trump and tens of millions of Americans have problems with the 2020 election. Talk about a double standard. It's worse than double standard. It's just, it's worse than hypocrisy. It's tyranny. They want to be in control of this whole narrative. They're going to determine who's going to be punished and who's not. They're going to determine who can think one way or think not. And it's wrong. And it's got to be stopped. We're not saying object, the right to object to an election has to be stopped. We're saying this tyranny from the Democrats has to stop, where they're turning this into a crime. Another point. I talked about this just the other day. You notice the timing? Things are, have unraveled for the Bidens beyond the point of repair. It is now irreparable. There is no way for them to get out of this. Whether it's the documentation we have from bank records or the tape-recorded phone calls or the whistleblowers or the testimony now just this week from Devon Archer, former business associate and friend of Hunter Biden, who's angry. He's testified now to Congress 
in the House's investigation of the Biden corruption family. And he's angry because he's he's in trouble and Hunter isn't. He's saying, hey, what's going on here? And he has provided the testimony that more than 20 times over the course of a decade, Hunter got his dad on the phone when he was together with his foreign business partners, some of the most corrupt people in the world, Hunter sitting there with them, and he gets Joe Biden on the phone, who for much of that time was vice president of the United States. Now, the Democrats are really acting stupid here. I mean, look, first of all, this, what's unraveling before our eyes, these business deals with foreign agents, with, with Hunter Biden, and if Hunter Biden is doing this and involving his father, what it means is that the current occupant of the White House, you boil all this, all this down, all these details, you boil it all down, is a foreign agent. Look, let me just step back for a minute. It's easy to get confused by all the details of everything that's going on right now, whether with the Bidens or with Trump and the persecution of Trump. We, we go into some of those details here. Many other commentators go into this at great detail. Many people are writing about it, having interviews about it. Come away with the big picture takeaway. On the question of President Trump, it's persecution of a political opponent. That's it. It's the weaponization of government. It's what communists do to stop their political opponent. They want to stop him from running for office. They want to take away from us the choice of who's going to be the nominee and who's going to be the president. That's it in a nutshell. You can go into all the details, and we'll go into some of them, but that's the takeaway. Persecution of a political opponent. When it comes to the Bidens, here's the takeaway. The president, President Biden, is a foreign agent. Now you say, oh, what did he do? He, the Democrats are trying to say in a stupid way. Oh, but he never really conducted business. Well, he talked to his son. He talked to the first thing Biden was saying. He never talked to him about business. Now it's undeniable. He talked to, to Hunter. He was quite aware. And he was talking on the phone with him over 20 phone calls while he was with the business partners. Oh, but he didn't do business. And they don't understand, or they don't want us to understand, the nature of what we're saying is going on here. What's going on here is influence peddling, okay? Which is that Hunter, when he is with these foreign corrupt people, is showing them, hey, I have direct access to the big guy. Look who I can get on the phone at any minute. It doesn't matter what they talked about. They're trying to claim now, oh yeah, but he didn't talk business. That was the business. Getting him on the phone was the business. Do people understand that the left is trying to deceive the American public? They're trying to insult our intelligence. That's the business. Look, I have access. It's influence peddling. Look, I have influence. I can get this guy on the phone anytime I want. So let's make a deal. 
Look, because I got access to him. That's what it is right there. You're, get, you're showing those people that you are partnered with that you've got access to the vice president of the United States. What's so hard to understand about this? The, the Democrats, look, they're trying to insult your intelligence. Oh, but this and oh, but that, and they'll rationalize and, 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 and make things overly complicated. Oh, but you don't have evidence about, oh, but you don't have evidence about this or about that. Oh, yes, we do. And it's on full display now, and the Bidens can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. That's it. It's too late for them now. There's no way out of this. So what do they want to do? Well, besides making silly statements, like, oh, well, they were just talking about the weather. It doesn't matter what they were talking about. The fact is, brothers and sisters, besides making the silly arguments, they know they can't get out of this now. And this is why when that sweetheart deal fell apart in court some days ago with Hunter Biden, and the judge said, wait a minute, are you trying to say he can't be charged in the future with violating the Foreign Agents Registration Act, which requires that if someone is going to do business with these foreign agents, they be registered as such? Hunter didn't do that. Joe Biden didn't do that. Are you saying that this deal means he can't be prosecuted for that in the future? And there was a disagreement between people who had presumably, and this was the reason they were in court, worked out a plea agreement. And they were in an agreement. This is a, such an embarrassment, brothers and sisters. Such an embarrassment. So it's, it's too late for the Bidens. I can't come back now. A month later, and say, "Oh well, you know, we said it was still under investigation." Talking about the uh, the DOJ, oh, it's still an under investigation. But you know, we 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 got it all investigated in the last few weeks. No, it's, it's too late now. So Hunter Biden is not protected from future prosecution, which means Joe Biden and you know who else? Obama and Hillary Clinton and John Kerry—they're all in on this. You mean to tell me they don't know what's going on? They didn't know what was going on when Vice President Biden was involved in all this garbage? And like we said the other, the other night, of concern to the American public, this is not just prying into somebody's family or messing with their family or prying into somebody's personal life. Oh, what does this have to do with our role as Americans? It has everything to do with our role as Americans. Because what does China and Russia have on the Bidens. Because of all these deals, because of all this corruption, and Joe Biden was in fact involved, what do they have on him? How are they controlling? How are they pulling the strings? That impacts us, our freedom, our security. Is this perhaps why Putin over there in Russia was so confident that he could just go in and invade Ukraine, something he never did and would have never done under President Trump because he knows he has something on Biden. Has this current occupant in the White House, through this corruption, led us into a World War III scenario? That's the question every American should be asking right now. 
This is unprecedented in two ways. Unprecedented weaponization of government to punish a political opponent and steal the election from the American people. And unprecedented political scandal on the part of the one who's currently in the White House. Unprecedented. Now let me read statements of President Trump that he issued just in these last couple of days on Truth Social. In response yesterday to this indictment, ridiculous, outrageous indictment, uh, President Trump said this. This is nothing more than the latest corrupt chapter in the continued pathetic attempt by the Biden crime family and their weaponized Department of Justice to interfere with the 2024 presidential election, in which President Trump is the undisputed front runner and leading by substantial margins. But why did they wait two and a half years to bring these fake charges right in the middle of President Trump's winning campaign for 2024? Why was it announced the day after the big crooked Joe Biden scandal broke from the halls of Congress? The answer is election interference. The lawlessness of these persecutions of President Trump and his supporters is reminiscent of Nazi Germany in the 1930s, the former Soviet Union, and other authoritarian dictatorial regimes. President Trump has always followed the law and the Constitution, with advice from many highly accomplished attorneys. These un-American witch hunts will fail, and President Trump will be elected to the White House so he can save our country from the abuse, incompetence, and corruption that is running through the veins of our country at levels never seen before. Three years ago, we had strong borders, energy independence, no inflation, and a great economy. Today, we are a nation in decline. President Trump will not be deterred by disgraceful and unprecedented political targeting. So that statement was made by his campaign, posted on Truth Social. And then after the great outpouring of support by us included and countless others, by you, by members of Congress, and many, many supporters on every level of government, except the White House, President Trump thanked all of us in this post today. He said, thank you to everyone. I have never had so much support on anything before. This unprecedented indictment of a former highly successful president and the leading candidate by far in both the Republican Party and the 2024 general election has awoken the world to the corruption, scandal, and failure that has taken place in the United States for the past three years. America is a nation in decline, but we will make it great again, greater than ever before. I love you all. That's President Trump's message to you today. I hope you're following him on Truth Social and follow me there too at FR Frank Pavone. But Truth Social is where you'll see uh, his direct heartfelt messages day after day. And you can share them with others too. Those are my thoughts for tonight, friends. We're all in this together. We're all on the same page. We all know that what we need to do, just you know, take, take the takeaways, take the key talking points, take the things I'm sharing with you here, take the things that many other commentators are sharing to clarify what's going on here and spread it in every way you can. That's what we've got to do. We've got to get into the minds of our fellow citizens the, the right perspective on these things while the other side tries to cloud everything and tar everybody. This is our job right now. 
And let's do it for the sake of all the causes and all the things we believe in, the principles, the policies, in my case, the, the right to life and the protection of the unborn. If we don't have life, we don't have anything else. We've got a lot of work to do. So let's go back into prayer and let's do it. Father, we um, are outraged at the things that are happening with the Biden corruption family, and we are outraged at the things that are happening with Jack Smith and these, these absolutely baseless indictments. Lord, awaken us and our fellow citizens. Awaken us. Help us to see with clear eyes and pure hearts what is going on. Help us to see it, Lord. Help us understand it. Help us proclaim it. Help us to stop the advance of this tyranny, because that's what this election now has become. Not simply a choice between two candidates, but a choice to either submit to tyranny or to resist it. That was what this election has become. Lord God, make your people wise as serpents, innocent as doves, not taking part in evil, but strongly exposing it. Bless us as we go forward, and we pray now as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Oh, thank you, friends. Uh, thanks for what you do. Follow me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. Continue to spread the word about our program, Praying for America. Thank you to Right Side Broadcasting Network and everyone who carries this broadcast. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. Priests for Life is an extraordinarily fine group. Uh, and I, I don't say that in order to um, make anybody feel better or flatter anyone. Uh, it's, an, it's an unusual and a very unique group in that most of the priests whom I have encountered across this country and indeed around the world uh, shy away from the subject of abortion. They somehow want to keep it under the rug and only pull it out when they're ordered to. Uh, in my own experience as a Catholic convert for the last several years, um, I've attended a great many masses and listened to a great many homilies, and I think, believe in three years I've listened only to one homily on the subject of abortion, and that was here in St. Patrick's Cathedral. Other than that, priests seem not to want to talk about it. And Priests for Life is the Paul Revere of this whole gestalt, that priests for life are riding around trying to galvanize the rest of the clergy into getting engaged in what is one of the most appalling revolutions of the 20th century. And I am uh, enormously grateful to them and admire their work enormously, but unfortunately I believe that there are not enough, that priests for life should be should have a staff 20 times what it has now. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years.
This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.